you're a stylist who's looking for competitive pay plans, flexible schedules, ongoing education, and medical benefits, we have the perfect opportunity for you. JCPenney salons have all of these benefits and more. With over 600 locations across the United States, there is no excuse for this not to be the next step in your professional career. Did we mention that they have one of the highest commission rates in the industry alongside a support system like no other? For a salon that you can call home, head to jobs.jcp.com or the link in the show notes to apply today. Some benefits applicable only for master stylists and eligible JCPenney salon associates. Hey, everybody, I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey London. And this is Volume Up by The Tease. So we've got some LOLs to start us <laughs> out today. And the first one is, here's a quiz. What 90s rock star did something very strange on stage to be famous for? <laughs> I mean, that could go a million different ways. Um, it could. Mm-hmm. And some of which are not safe for. And also had a reality show. Because didn't he bite a head off a bat? You sure did. did. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I know who that is now. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's Ozzy Osbourne. It is. Um, Mostly from the reality show when you said that one. Although there were a lot of, again, 80s, 90s rockers that had reality shows, um, which were not great. I'm looking at you, Rock of Love. I feel like he was one of the OGs, you know? He was. He was, for sure. For sure. I mean, I wouldn't know anything about him and Sharon and their love story if it wasn't for that reality show mm-hmm. back in the 2000s. But he's back, mm-hmm. not on stage doing crazy things, <laughs> but partnering <laughs> just in time for Halloween on a mm. new cosmetics line. And you know how much we despise a celebrity pop up line. But this yeah. one. This feels right. Collaboration. Yeah. It's with rock and roll beauty and it's complete with coffin shaped eyeshadow palette. Wow. Very, very on point for Halloween. And very metal. So we love that. Yes. We'll we'll let him pass. That's fine. I'm okay (laughs) with that. I mean, like he, he pioneered the guy liner. I mean, like when he was on the show, he was definitely just like rocking it like all the time. Not just like stage makeup. Um, so indeed, he's the OG to rock it. So fine. Yeah. Well, I feel like, again, there are certain people where it's like they should have been doing this sooner. Like Gwen Stefani. And the red lip. Gotta love it. Yeah. Like you should have been doing the beauty brand when we were floundering with the fashion label. And now it's like maybe too late. Mm-hmm. Maybe too late. I'm just putting it out there. You know, that wasn't too late for me because I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> but she feels, I feel like she gets a pass. Mm-hmm. There's a few people that like should be okay to have beauty lines, <laughs> but not everybody needs one. Ozzy Osbourne can have one. He can have one. Especially for Halloween. Especially. This is great. This is great news. And I would like to say that this next one was part of a Halloween sort of go around, but hmm. the article is, tied, is entitled, Ear Comes the bride and i'm covering my face it is from across the pond and there is a hairstylist that revealed she glued her self-conscious client's ears to the side of her head for wedding day and i have all of the feels about that wow i'm gonna let you go first because ouch right yeah i mean the glue that it's why it's like the thoughtfulness is there that's incredible we love that um i do feel like there might have been a creative solution where like ears weren't exposed Mm -hmm. and we didn't need to glue them i agree but i mean who am i maybe they really really wanted a updo that required ears to be out there i gotta tell you i looked at the before and after Mm -hmm. and it was 
hella dramatic. So it totally worked. Oh my God. Sorry. It did. It really did. All right. I'm not endorsing this. No, no, we can't. We're, (laughs) but, but caveat. But it racked up 20.2 million views on Instagram. And there were a lot of people that had a lot of things to say about it, right? Um, About half a million views on the talk. Um, And even some commentators saying, you know what? Um, To get that off, you're going to need to use Coca-Cola. And what? Who knows these things? Since when did Coca-Cola remove glue? And is that shocking too? My mind is blown. I now have clicked through to this article. I mean, the before and after, it's 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 pretty drastic. I stand by my original statement, everyone. I'm just putting it out there. She could have gotten away with hair down Indeed. and avoided this whole thing. Or maybe a low chignon or something. We, we yeah. didn't need to do this particular glue. style if we were self-conscious. I'm just putting it out there. Um, but yeah, wow, wow, wow. The glue did its job. It did. I didn't realize that Coca-Cola, but you hear these stories Mm -hmm. like cops keep Coca-Cola in the car to clean up after a crap. Like, have you heard this? No, no, we don't hear these stories. I don't think this is real. (laughs) I don't think this is a real thing, but I've I've heard (laughs) the police officers also that we're talking sometimes have Coca-Cola and after a crash, they'll like pour it on the piece of the roadway to so okay let's go let's go a little deeper uh, i don't i don't know where i'm i don't want to unpack it no no let's go meta 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 so is it like a liter of coca-cola or is it this special formula from mcdonald's coca-cola <laughs> <laughs> you know i've not thought i've not I, this is the most thought i've given to what i've been told um, I would like to think that it's a neat little six pack oh, just that you can just keep it. Yeah. And you just like take out a can and you crack it open. And you just like sprinkle. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> but wait, let's return to the story. Okay, fine. We've got glue on our ears. Yes. We've got glue. They're glued tight. Mm-hmm. How are we applying Coca-Cola to the ear to get well, same same question, Kelly? I mean, are we a little 20 ounce and we're like, I think it might be a six pack like you mentioned, or is it a soda <laughs> wand? Just like we're getting like a spray <laughs> bottle and like I just, you know, a yeah. <laughs> lot of questions. That's a lot. And I hope she was very pleased with her photos because she looked beautiful. Ears out. Yes. Ears tucked in. Or ears out. Happiest day of her life. Yeah. Still very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Not happiest night, because how are you going to unglue? Anyway, <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> okay, we completely digress. And we're glad that we got the sillies out because we needed those two, mm. right? It's a mm. it's a, it's yes. a week. Yep. So, okay. Yep. Mm. Mm. So on our last episode, we talked with Kia Neal. A stylist whose passion for color and texture is unmatched with over 25 years of experience. She leads a national revolution breaking textural boundaries that have long separated those in the hair industry. Kia's passion for hair color and education led the conception of Color Culture, an educational resource for stylists who are particularly interested in the science of hair color and how it interacts with various hair textures. Kia launched her cornerstone education series, Texture versus Race, at the Energizing Summit hosted by the American Board of Certified Hair Colorists, which has since become a nationwide movement with the summit of its very own. 
Through the evolution of texture versus race and her reparations movement, Kia is at the helm of the salon industry's diversity and inclusion movement, encouraging uncomfortable conversations surrounding race and hair texture. Now she acts as a color educator, texture expert, and DEI consultant, working to create a more inclusive and understanding industry. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. This week, we're talking with Natalia Nati Lopez. Nati is a Los Angeles-based tattoo artist. She's been tattooing since 2017. With the rising follower count, Nati is making waves in the tattooing industry with her work and designs, and she's branched out into modeling. She joins us this week to discuss her journey, what tattoos and tattooing mean to her, and how she really feels about any remaining stigma. We get into all of it in our chat, and you're not going to want to miss it. So um, we're going to get to the news. So there's two Harvard scientists that are solving, we hope, female hair loss. And we know here on the tease and volume up, we have talked to a lot of hair thinning in loss experts, a lot of product companies that are hoping to sort of reinvent this industry. But Katie Couric Media recently did an article on two research scientists that were at the onset of COVID working on new drug discovery projects to treat cancer. Well, the lab was closed down due to COVID and lightning struck with the two. So there is now a new company on the block. Um, a, the two joined forces to co-found Ravella, which creates products that promote hair growth and hair follicle health using a new breakthrough ingredient. So we're hoping that, you know, get Ravella is their Instagram handle. Go check it out. Go follow it. But we're hoping that finally these two Harvard engineers can hack this mystery for us. Let's make it happen, guys. Can we get into that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, this is such a cool thing. I mean, you said it, we've talked about hair loss and thinning with so many different people on this podcast. So I know that people are going to be interested in this and we are watching with bated breath, eyes peeled on what's (laughs) happening here. All right. Well, let's talk about what is trending on our site. The editorial team at thetease.com have been hard at work this week on covering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, The perfect hairstyle for your client according to their zodiac sign. Are your clients looking for a new look? How about asking the stars for some inspiration? Next time your client is in the salon, share with them some zodiac-inspired styles. After that, it's up to you to work your magic. I'm just going to put it out there that as a Pisces, I'm offended by the pick. Okay. (laughs) That's that's what I'm saying. Um, Love it. It's a fun article. Um, And obviously, you guys are liking it. But yeah, I'm I'm putting it out. I as a Pisces, I wouldn't. Let's look at that. Oh, yeah, that's not no, really for you. Not for me, it's not for me. It's not for me. But you're gonna have to head over to the T's and figure out. Yes, what we're talking about. I personally rarely follow anything zodiac sign related. Do you? No. Yes and no. I feel like <laughs> I don't, and then I get really insensitive about stuff like this. Or I'm like, well, as a Pisces, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. Never, 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 never. Who would dare? Mm-mm. But no, generally, I don't think that the zodiac has any. Astrology doesn't play a big part of my life, but but I know that it's popular. Okay, same. So, you know, for an Aquarius, it says here that we're known for being deep and original. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Take it, take I'm it. I'm not entirely sure that this haircut looks to be deep and original. It is a vanilla sweet cream. And also, I may have a bone to pick. Okay. I don't know what the right term is for going after something there, but wow. anyway, you're going to have to check out yours mm-hmm. and let us know. And let us know. Yeah. yeah. We want to hear if you're mm-hmm. feeling like it. it's a fit for your sign or if it's not, um, we'd be interested. Indeed. 
All right, next up on the tease.com, Beauty Changes Lives welcomes four visionary leaders to their board of directors. Beauty Changes Lives has a lot to celebrate this year. Not only is the nonprofit organization marking its 10th anniversary of supporting beauty professionals, but they're also welcoming some exciting new faces to their board of directors. Beauty Changes Lives recently announced that they have added David Recuglia, Janet Williams, Megan Murray, and Michael G. Tompkins as board members. With these four appointments, this organization is diversifying their board by bringing in experts in the international spa and wellness industry, barbering, consumer retail, and DEI education. We love to see it. Congrats to them. Congrats to them. And what I love most about this is adding a diversity, equality, and inclusion and belonging expert to the board just looping it back into, again, what we stand for here at The Tease. So kudos to Beauty Changes Lives and Linnell Lynch and her team over there on their 10-year anniversary. Congrats. All right. Next up on TheTease.com, six Latinx creators share their favorite hair care products. When it comes to hair, Latinos certainly know a thing or two about caring for different kinds of strands. When you're part of a community that spans more than 20 unique countries and includes a variety of hair textures, straight, wavy, curly, coily, kinky, and everything in between, how could you not? That's why in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month, also known as Latinx and Latino Heritage Month, we spoke to six social media creators, creatives, and influencers with Latino roots about the holy grail hair products that help them to embrace their beautiful, natural hair texture. Head to thetees.com to read what keeps their curls, kinks, and waves looking good. Kelly, yes. any product recommendations jump out to you? So for me, it's the Adwoa Beauty Bailment Deep Conditioning Treatment. I mean, I'm a sucker for a deep conditioning treatment, but I think too, um, you know, with all of these different fusions of different oils and extracts, that's the one that's on the top of the list for me. I mean, I feel like that was <laughs> right up your alley. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I know which one she's going to do. Um, oh, I love to see how many content creators were talking about Riso's oh. products. So that was fun for, for that brand. I love that for them. I do too. Shout out. Shout out. All right. As always, so much going on at thetease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. With a rising follower count, Nati is making waves in the tattoo industry with her work and designs. She joins us this week to discuss her journey, what tattoos and tattooing mean to her, and way, way more. Hey, Nappy, welcome to the Volume Up podcast. We are so happy to have you here with us today. So happy to be here. Ugh, amazing. All right. So I've been a big fan of your work. Um, been following you on Instagram, tried to get a flash tattoo at one point um, when you were doing a collab with Hinedo Neutro, um, yeah. but yeah. didn't happen. We got you on the podcast. Um, what I would love for you to do is let us, our listeners know a little bit about you. Um, maybe they don't follow you on Instagram, which is a shame. Um, so tell us about yourself. How did you get started in tattooing? Okay. So I have lived a little bit like everywhere. I was born in Chicago, grew up in Vegas. I was there for like high school, right when I graduated, moved to San Francisco and then lived in London for a bit, back to San Francisco. And then <laughs> now I'm in LA. I started tattooing. In high school, finished my apprenticeship right after, and then that's like what kind of sparked me to move to San Francisco because I guest spotted at an amazing place in Oakland. Tattooing was definitely not the plan. I 
was always an artist. It's funny because I had like a little poster my mom had saved when I was in kindergarten of what I wanted to be when I grew up and it was an artist, uh-huh. but I changed it like a million times before. And then I played sports. I was really interested in being a doctor at one point. And then that changed. I had a really amazing art teacher my last two years of high school. I went to um, LVA. It's an art magnet school in Vegas. And she was just kind of like, if you're not getting a full scholarship to college, like, or like art school specifically, I recommend you figure your shit out and then go later. Okay. And once you have like money to do so, she's like, trust me, I'm still paying off loans and I don't want you to do that. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I have a friend that needs an apprentice. You should do that. See how you like it. Because even if so, you should tattoo while you go to college and then see how that is. And so I ended up loving it. And obviously, I'm going to tattoo forever. But Uh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. I mean, we often talk to hairstylists and makeup artists on this uh, podcast. So this is totally different. But a lot of commonalities are coming out. People feeling like called to it. It's like a profession that's more than just a a sort of thing to do, which we love to hear. Way to go with the mentorship. Like that advice, pretty clutch. Um, We love some pragmatic (laughs) thinking, Um, not necessarily something that's been given out to high schoolers. So yeah, kudos to them. I feel very grateful for her. And I know she had like done this for like a lot of people too. So I I appreciate that. Shout out to the good mentors. Uh, we love that. Um, so then what is this process like? Like you you talked about apprenticing. Um, what goes into that? Like for someone, I've got a bunch of tattoos. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of our listeners probably do, but we're not on the other side of the chair yeah. we're receiving. Uh, so like, what is that process like? How long does it take? Um, did you like it? Talk to us about it. So I think it's different per whoever's teaching you as well as like Mm -hmm. how fast you learn, whether they are an old school mentor or not. And a lot of people are also self-taught, so you can go that route. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I had a really great apprenticeship. I feel like my mentors, I had two of them. Uh, They were actually the Ink Masters, if you've ever seen that TV show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that was like really fun. They had like a really good vibe in the shop. Everyone was super nice. And I know like they would tell me all their horror stories about like their mentors, like throwing things at them, yelling, it's kind of like hazing, mm-hmm. which is, which is kind of sad, but I'm glad that like they tried to be funny sometimes and like act like they were going to be mean to me, but they never really were, um, which I appreciate. But it's a lot of hours of not getting paid. Um, so it takes a lot of your time. I was working like three jobs, including the apprenticeship. So I was there like five days a week. And then I was a hostess at a restaurant and um, I was a lifeguard. And this was like all at hotels. And then I worked at Whole Foods. And so, yes, I was like really trying to make money and living on my own because I had been living on my own since um, right before I turned 17. So I was 16 when I had moved out. Mm. And um, 
yeah, so I was trying to stay flow and learn how to tattoo. And it was cool. It's just a lot of hours of working and being dedicated and just having to like, be like, okay, this is all temporary. I will be able to do this and just this at one point in my life. So, yeah. Wow. Um, so just my mind is a little bit blown um, <laughs> in terms of like the, the prep. I mean, like you, you think these things yeah. through, but, but and not to that extent. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about like licensing. Are there requirements? I mean, yeah. Help us out. So it just depends what route you want to go again. Um, technically by the state, nothing is really looked over other than like, the space that you're in mm-hmm. and whether there's going to be somebody that writes off and says that you know how to tattoo and you have to take a bloodborne pathogen like course online which i just recommend people to take in general because then you realize how nasty things are and you get scared of everything all the time um i'm like especially with covid and stuff i was gonna say post covid yeah we could all benefit from this yeah so when you go get your license it's different per state and here and in nevada you just have to have someone sign off that said that you had done an apprenticeship Got it. i can't remember if like they're supposed to they're supposed to say that you've been there for a certain amount of time but that's like it you just have to have a shop that will vouch for you um and then as for the shop the health department needs to come in there has to be specific flooring the like ceilings have to be certain lumens away from your tattoo table um sometimes you have to have like a certain space between each um workstation as well or even partitions um there has to be i think in nevada i know there has to be a private room um for people so they feel comfortable i think like it's also a piercing room something sure i don't know the logistics without like an actual studio um but i know it's like really difficult and health department likes to run people around in circles plumbing surprisingly you have to have a sink that has its own plumbing it like can't be connected to like Uh something else too and you have to have certain trash cans it's it's kind of it's like having a small medical office. Mm-hmm. It has to have the same like structure of it because it has to stay sterile. So, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> but it sounds like it. Um, let's pivot to sort of the fun aspect. Although honestly, that's really something I'd not given much thought to, other mm-hmm. than being in the chair, seeing these things, and now all of it making a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the artistry, though. Um, the logistics. Yeah. A little bit less <laughs> exciting, um, although important to know. Uh, what does tattooing mean to you in the abstract? I mean, you talked about getting started young. You were mm-hmm. doing tattooing in high school. Um, how did that come to you? Like, what made you decide to to go this this route? So I feel like as I get older, everything feels a little more emotional with my artwork. Mm. So in high school, I had... A lot of people tell me that my thing, my art kind of already looked like tattoos, just how it was like designed on a piece of paper. Like could easily see it like on someone's skin. Mm-hmm. Never really thought about it like that. I had started getting tattoos when I was 16 as well. So like, but I just still never thought about tattooing myself. And I think as I like 
grew into knowing myself better. Also like my background, um, being like Latina, I just like realized how much it was a big part in my like family and um, my culture. And I just wanted to be more a part of it. And tattooing just means a lot to me because it's not even from being Chicana, but like even like ancestral wise, like they were tattooing. It was like a big part of like when you passed away, like how you would find your um, your family was by the markings on your body, by what tattoos you had. So you knew what tribe you were in. It was something really beautiful. So I feel like as I got older, I like realized it was more and more meaningful to me. Oh, wow. Um, certainly, we're going to be plugging a bunch of links in the show notes for this so that mm-hmm. people can go and see your work. Um, you mentioned a couple of themes that sort of pop through in your artistry. Um, how else might you describe? Um, I mean, you uh, talked about self-identifying as Chicana. Um, there are some like identifiable things that pop up. Um, but for like someone who doesn't have experience or sort of visibility to those like cultural markings, like what what might those be? Like what typifies that for you? Um I'd say, so I tattoo just very fine line, black and gray, a lot of baddies, um, chains, roses, classic cars. Yeah, I think a mixture of all those and skulls. I love skulls a lot. I think people have like a stigma again, like kind of around them. But I mean, at least for me, I feel like it's a celebration of death and birth at the same time and just beautiful so yeah just a bunch of those kind of like dark botanical with like a lot of women lots of women which we love to see um do you have a favorite tattoo of your own maybe one that's on you and then maybe one that you've done yes so this is like it changes every i know i know like yep um so the one on my shin i feel like has been a favorite for a while it was done by nikki rain but it's a scully peed so it's like i forgot how many skulls there are but it i think it's like about 20 with like cute little like legs and there's like a uh, smoke coming out from the middle of my knee like right over the the top of it it's cool and then it goes down on my foot it sounds like it's hard to explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's my- We're using our imaginations yeah. here. This is not a visual medium, but yeah, yes. we'll take it. Um, it's like <laughs> a cuter centipede, but instead of like segments of the body, it's skulls. So, and her work is beautiful too. And favorite tattoo that I've done, I think recently I just did this Aztec woman on this person's thigh. I think that's my favorite one right now because it's Sick. one of the bigger tattoos that I've done. And I just love large tattoos. It's- I was going to say, so that's the next, yeah. like, because what we're seeing a lot in terms of tattoo trending for beauty, which we'll get to in a bit, mm-hmm. is like the teeny tiny micro yes. stuff is yeah. all the rage. Um, yeah. But you answered the question. So yeah. you like a big tattoo. Um, cool. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the strangest request because we're going to get into like the tattoo artist client relationship because we've talked a lot about it for the hairstylist and the makeup artist like that can be fraud yeah um 
So like, let's tiptoe into it. Strangest request that you've had. Um, I, when I was an apprentice, I did pretty rated R tattoo. I don't know if I sure. can sure. describe it. Um, but it was just, it was a really cute imagery, um, but very gnarly on friends. <laughs> <laughs> My friend's thigh. Let's just say it was two men having fun. Sure. You know, yeah, with a little heart. Yep. It was really cute. <laughs> and That's it was amazing. all in pink. That was definitely the strangest request I had. And I love him, so that's why I did it. Sure. But I don't know if I would have done it if it was somebody that I didn't know. Um, and I feel like at least now I'm really good with my booking form and like mm-hmm. explaining my process so people aren't requesting things that are not in my and <laughs> what I do. But sure. I'll never forget that one. I mean, it sounds like you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't forget that one. Uh, let's talk about that process then. Um, like the consultation for a tattoo artist like yourself, I mean, you've got your own aesthetic, you've brought a lot of your culture to the designs that you do. Um, what does that look like in terms of someone, um, approaching you about being tattooed? Okay. So I really prefer doing the booking form online. Mm -hmm. That's like really helped separate or like create like a healthy boundary between me and work. It's nothing personal. And sometimes I feel like people can take that personally. Like if they're messaging me or I see them in person, I'm just like, I have an assistant that does it for me. Cause there was a point in time where I was like, working all the time and being Mm -hmm. an artist you never have a day off i'm working every single day no matter Mm -hmm. what whether it's drawing even if i'm watching tv while i'm doing it or like i am like running errands it's still running errands for supplies doing something networking so at least having the booking form be something separate has like saved so much stress for me and I feel like I'm able to like take my time with the client more. And um, so someone fills out the booking form, my amazing assistant will reply to it, give all the info, don't have to think about anything. Mm-hmm. I, Love that. Um, unless it's something really large and it's a um, like bigger tattoo, sometimes I will do a consultation before or I'll give someone a phone call and we'll kind of like go over like small details or I'll ask them for like photos of the area so I can like get to know what the space is going to look like before I see them. But I really like to design with the person and then go from there. I think Mm. designing beforehand, sending designs kind of makes people think about it too much and they Mm -hmm. people stress out (laughs) and I'm like, you don't need to micromanage the stencil. That's the stencil always looks way different than the actual tattoo because it's just a map it's like looking at a like topography map and all the colors and shapes it looks nothing like how obviously the real world looks like so that's kind of what a tattoo stencil is um i think people stress out when they see that yeah they're like is there gonna be it's so interesting to hear you say it though i mean like that makes perfect sense and that's probably our pull quote um but like being on the client end without having some of that visibility you're like oh yeah like it's hard to imagine but you're right like it's it's roadmap it's not a picture of what it's gonna be yes 
but yeah that's pretty pretty much it and then people come in and i make sure that they're very comfortable anyone and everyone can always ask for breaks or like i'd never be mad if someone was like super stressed and they're like i actually can't get this tattoo right now if they were like super genuine about it not just being like annoying but i'm uh Yes, if someone was like actually scared, I would never put anything on anyone's body that they were not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's just a point in trust where like I've had clients get really stressed and I know they want this tattoo, but they're just having a hard time like imagining it no matter how much I draw for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay, so we have two options. You don't have to get the tattoo or you just take a deep breath. You trust me. I know you're not going to hate this tattoo. I know you're going to love it. I know what you want. So just close your eyes and let me do this. (laughs) And then they're always happy at the end. I've never had a client be like, oh my God, I'm so mad you gave this to me. Um, I think at this point in my career, I can kind of like read what someone's feeling with the design. Even if they're telling me that they like something, I can see their body language and be like, you don't like it. <laughs> Tell me what you want changed and I will change this for you. And they're like, okay, okay. I wasn't sure if it's rude. And I'm like, no, it's on you forever. Like I can make anything in my style fit what you want. And if it ends up not being in my style, then I can help you find another route and a solution. But yeah, we'll figure this out. Wow. I mean, it sounds not to be like too i don't know blase Mm -hmm. like very evolved um i mean like i'm a little bit older and when i was getting tattoos even like frighteningly like closer to 20 years ago Mm -hmm. um not necessarily yeah (laughs) my experience where there was like this open robust conversation like check-ins in terms of like my level of comfort as stuff was happening um there was a lot of, in my experience, like powering through, like rush, like these things, which again, like it sounds like not part of what you're up to, which we love for for your clients um, and for you, because I can't imagine some of those practices were terribly healthy or healthful <laughs> for the tattoo artist either. Um, yeah, it's an exchange <laughs> of energy. So I don't, I feel very empathetic. So if someone's uncomfortable, it's going to make me uncomfortable and vice versa. Like Mm. it's exhausting at the end of the day, even if I had an amazing day, because it's just, you have to perform and you have to like give yourself to somebody. So I want to make sure that it's going to be the most calm, relaxing as it can be. Obviously it's going to be painful just a little bit, but in a meditative way, not in a yeah. let me hurt you and you better take it kind of way. There. Um, all right. So I talked to you a little bit about how I f- was familiar with your work first via some flash tattoos. Um, so is it generally a situation where you prefer to create from scratch in consultation with the client? Do you like just like rolling out with your artwork? Is it a little bit of, it depends on the season as to how you're feeling? Like talk to us about that process. Cause I find that that's pretty fascinating too. Yeah. I think that depends as well. Um, because I don't just tattoo anymore. I, um, also model and mm-hmm. I'm painting a lot. So it does make it hard to make flash, which I do realize I need to make more time to do that. 
Um, I love tattooing flash. It's one of my favorite things. But another thing that I do is if somebody just has a piece that they've seen of mine that they're inspired by or they want something similar, I can make something custom based off of that. And I will ask like a couple questions like, okay, so you like this paisa? Um, do you want sparkle still or do you want me to change the position? What area of the body do you want it on? Because I'll base like the changes I'm going to make to it off of that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's just bouncing ideas between the client and me and if we're not doing flash or sometimes I'll combine things and make a composition, but I'm pretty open to anything that's in my style. So, and that'll make either of our lives easier. Fair, 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 fair. Um, Okay. So talk to us a little bit about trending tattoos. Um, We talked a little bit about the micro thing is still having a moment, particularly in beauty fashion circles. Um, Are there, trends out there that you just don't care for that don't fit your vibe that you wish people would stop sort of asking about? Um, I can't say I'm like trends in general, I feel like aren't my favorite because I think people trying to hop on cultural trends is something that they need to stop doing. Um, people that are, not of that culture trying to tattoo that stuff just and kind of like i don't know uh catfishing in a way of pretending to be something that you aren't born into and because you are treating it like a like a real person's life like a trend so and that's not okay you can walk away from it but the other person can't so i mm-hmm. think educating yourself and learning that there's ways to appreciate without stealing. I know so many artists where I can see where they get their references from, but they do such a good job of making it themselves. And I think that just comes from like knowing yourself, which not everyone is, you know, privileged to have been able to go and figure that out. But I think there's ways to go about things. Yeah. Ways to go about things. We like that. Um, very diplomatic. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about something you alluded to, um, which is stigma. Um, so we talked about skulls um, and that they're, <laughs> it's maybe uh, particularly like popular culture, some stigma around those still. Like it's a little bit frightening. It's not necessarily thought of in the way that you described in terms of like beauty, life, death, rebirth, the whole thing. So even if, stigma around tattoos are on decline like what are your thoughts there um as a tattoo artist like talk to us about that i have very mixed feelings about this because i do see a lot of progress with things um i feel very emotional all the time (laughs) Mm. especially when i get hired for jobs i feel really thankful like with modeling that like people are want someone that looks like me to represent Mm -hmm. um, their brands. And it's also not always like companies that I'd imagine that they like want to see like tattooed people in. And I'm like, yes, this feels like a way. Yeah, this is important. There's definitely an evolution happening. And I just want it to be something that sticks. Um, And I still like came across, you know, like 
some companies that well as well that are like very much like oh like our clients aren't ready to see someone like you so I feel like it's pretty half and half I have seen both you know there's a second where I was like yes we're making progress and then it's like oh wait get this one slap in the face um but I think it's getting there and I think having the companies that do want me is like what's going to make the change which is amazing um being a tattoo artist and tattooing people I feel like in the beginning it was very much so like oh I'm never going to tattoo anyone's hands or necks if they don't have a bunch of tattoos and dedicated to that lifestyle yet but I know now that you can have very like tasteful small tattoos in those areas that aren't gonna like keep someone from not having a job. Um, I know like it's just more people are tattooed than not tattooed. So that's just the truth of it all. And I, I think people are realizing it. Even I'm like, you never know, you'll see like all types of people will have that one tiny tattoo, even if they mm-hmm. don't necessarily want it anymore. They still have a tattoo. I'm, I'd say the majority of people are definitely tattooed. They're not. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, I mean, I, I feel like everybody that I know has tattoos, mm-hmm. um, if not even just like one. It's, yeah. it's a few. It's a handful. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely a shift that's happening. Um, what are your thoughts on... So, I mean, you talked a little bit about this, um, again, diplomatically. So just want to like unpack it a little bit um celebs like ariana who has Mm -hmm. popularized being tattooed um in a sort of like a fashion way Uh, she's borrowed from cultures Mm -hmm. in terms of the things that she's elected to have tattooed um often i think to some success and some some (laughs) not as much um so like you know talk to talk to us about that because people then did what rihanna did um, which is even like more derivative um and potentially dangerous so talk to us a little bit about that like the the fashionization of tattooing and tattoo culture so this is really funny um not to throw shade but to throw a little shade i do not know why celebrities don't get good tattoos i'm so sorry but like i do like there's maybe like i can barely count on my hands how many celebrities that i've seen that have like good tattoos i see a lot of tiny tattoos that slip beginning that are very out, and they're just not well proportioned or they're crooked or just i'm like come on come on put the time into going to a good tattoo artist and getting good tattoos i'm like you have the money i think it's just the patience and i've been hit up for things and people want me to come to their house drop everything and but then don't want to pay the price for me dropping whatever i'm doing for that day and it's like okay well i'm an artist just as you are so mm-hmm. and you pay your price for the or people pay your price for the work that you do so i you know want the same respect but i think you're you're out here you have your platform and then people are getting these tattoos and then they're getting bad tattoos because they think that they're good tattoos just because a celebrity has them. <laughs> and i'm like that's a trend that needs to stop 
That means okay. All right, you heard it here. Um, some heat, yeah. no, not shade, um, yes. but some heat. All right, we'll we'll accept it. Um, so in that same vein, um, and we talked a little bit about this. Do you consider tattooing now and its like present iteration? to be part of the beauty industry? Um, Do you feel like it is still separate? Like, talk to us about that. I think, you know, there's different sides of it. Um, And I think they intertwine. There's still people getting tattooed for, to be, to kind of like not be in the beauty standard. And then Mm -hmm. as well, tattoos can be super empowering and, it's like an accessory, a permanent accessory. So at least with me, like tattoos are something that I want to kind of accentuate myself with. Like I want to, you know, feel like how I feel when I put on a pair of earrings or mm-hmm. a bunch of rings and necklaces. I feel like tattoos make me feel whole all the time. Mm. Um So I feel like, yeah, it is a part of the beauty industry. It's something that um, makes people more beautiful. And yeah, that's what I think about it. I can't even, I think it's evolved so much. So there's definitely sides of it, for sure. For sure. Um, Well, let's talk really quickly before we get into our quick takes about how your career has expanded. Um, I mean, we first knew you, I specifically as tattoo artist, but you've talked about this. You've now expanded into modeling. You're doing painting, um, although you may have been doing that previously. So I don't want (laughs) to suggest that that wasn't the case. Um, You know, what is next for for Nappi? Um, Collaborations, like campaigns that you're excited about? Like, talk to us about that. Um, so I do have a couple of collabs that I'm working on that I can't say anything about. Sure, 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 sure. Be ready for it. All right. Um, I think, you know, right now I just want to focus on modeling, tattooing, and painting just all together. It's still like very new. So I just want to, you know, get more into it. Um, trying to balance my time as well trying to i like my schedule is different every single day this is the hardest thing i feel like my uh, tattoo assistant i'm like hey can you reschedule this person because my other agent just booked me for this thing and i can't tell them when i tattoo and i'm so thankful that all my clients are very understanding of everything and um yeah, I'm going to be in an art show on November 5th um, with Good cool. Mother Studio. Um, it's our opening show. That's something I can talk about. Uh, Exciting. And I'm really excited about that. I've always painted, um, but I guess I just never really had a medium that I was drawn to other than tattooing um, mm. or like ballpoint pen on paper never I did some oil paintings as like the one painting I have and had it on a drug but now I have my other airbrush painting in there um but I think you'll see a lot more painting for sure yeah very cool oh so cool um all right well we're excited big things in store um and let us know so that we can help promote um because we're all about that too all right now it is time for our quick takes these are the questions that we ask of all of our guests hopefully quick 
easy association stuff. Don't think about it for too long. Yeah. Um, first one, what is a quote that you love? I'm so bad. I was reading this and I don't No, it's all good. These can be like the live life learn. Like we don't want that kind of stuff. If there's like a mantra, something that like motivates you, these tend to be things that our, our audience likes to, to hear. But if it's not, it's okay. I don't have a mantra to be totally honest. I, no I feel quotes. like I do, but I don't. I think manifestation is a big part of my life. And I feel like I didn't, it didn't really hit me that it works for me until now, because when I was having a hard time when I was younger, and um like living on my own like young i always just thought about like you know i'm going to be self-sufficient and independent and like you know i'm going to be able to speak my truth and i don't know how but it's just going to happen and i feel like i mm-hmm. always had that in the back of my mind and i feel it now that's why i feel so emotional all the time because it's like well this is like it's working out and i'm really appreciative and I love all my friends and my husband and just everything. I just appreciate and will forever feel blessed for things that I've experienced and the people that I have in my life. So I just try and be as positive as possible, even if I'm not wanting to feel that way. Fake it till you make it, I guess. Sure. Sure. Oh, that's that's the quote. Um, All right. Well, you've had us all in our feelings, too. Um, Let's just keep it moving. Um, What is the last thing that you Googled? The last thing that I Googled? um, I think it was a lentil doll recipe. I had made some uh, lentils the other night. Yes. That sounds amazing. Um, Now I'm hungry. Uh, All right. So we talked a little bit about cringy tattoo trend. um, But on this podcast, often when we're talking to hairstylists or to makeup artists, they fixate on like this one trend that they jumped on that they shouldn't have. Like Mm -hmm. it was a hair crimping or it was like they went too light with their or they this, that or the other. Is there a trend that you've tried over the years that you look at and cringe? Mm, I don't straightening my hair too much i feel like that like when straight hair was really a thing and i wish that i never did that i wish that i was always really proud of my curls um Mm. yes so that's okay okay Okay. all right we live we learn Mm -hmm. um what is one thing that if you could Mm -hmm. let's just big could if you could change about your daily routine what would it be um Waking up and actually starting my day, not sitting in bed and looking at the ceiling for like a good 30 minutes. Um, yeah, I think that just getting a, a fresh, like quick start rather than being slow about it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, we'll see, maybe yeah. in the future. Um, <laughs> what animal are you most like? I'd love to say a leopard because they're beautiful and majestic and I love tattooing them. So like that's, it's very animal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm getting jaguar vibes. <laughs> so I see that. Um, all right. What is one product that you cannot live without? 
we're product junkies, beauty junkies, Mm -hmm. hair obsessed on this podcast. So is there something that you like to use that makes you feel especially like you that we should know about? Um, I have so many. Um, Skin Nutritious. Um, This woman has saved my life, all of her products. I will probably, if she ever stops using, like making things, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Uh, but she's a holistic dermatologist in the Bay and she makes amazing skincare. And, um, I've never had a consultation with her, but I've like tried every single one of her products and I found a routine that's like perfect for me. And she's very, um, educational with like mm. acne, like what's product acne and what's hormonal acne and, um, what are like food triggers that you have and being like, no one's perfect. Skin isn't supposed to be perfect. So like, let's see, like, what's a routine that works best for you? So skin nutrition, I could never live without. I Adding to show notes yes. so that everybody can find and search this stuff out. Um, I'm in the Bay, so I'm going to be looking oh, yes. in particular. Yes, you should. Good to know. Um, all right. We're going to ask two more things. Okay. The almost last question um, is what's some advice that you've got for people that are listening to this podcast that are interested in like going to the next level, taking themselves more seriously, sort of laddering up to, to success, whatever success is to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just say, keep going. Even if you feel like you're going nowhere, just like always being somewhat productive even if it's not like on your the top of your priority list doing something all the time is like chipping away at that end goal anyways so I think that's something that I definitely struggled with was um procrastination of things Mm. so just just getting to it no matter how small it is even if you get one thing done on your list that's one thing less that you have to do the next day so Ugh, yeah love that great advice um all right last last question not be where can people find you if they're interested in seeing your work booking let's lay some links out um instagram sadly is the easiest way i'm like social media <laughs> has taken over um instagram i have my website um tatgeo.xyz um, that's where my booking form and stuff is at. Um, mm-hmm. My um, Natural Models LA, you can book with me for modeling there as well. Um, and then I have my a studio now um, downtown that you can find me at as well. Um, that all that information is on my website too. So incredible. And we're linking, again, to everything. It's all in the show notes, guys. So just go right over there, scroll, click out. We're Mm -hmm. going to make it super easy. Um, Nathi, thank you so much for your time. This was such a pleasure having you on to chat about this stuff. Like, I've always been wondering. I feel like our audience has been really curious. So we appreciate you, like, illuminating (laughs) the experience. Um, It was a lot of fun. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much for having me. How cool was that interview? I've been wanting to talk to Nati for ages. Uh, she's so, so sweet. 
Uh, check out her work, guys. Go online, find her. Uh, we've got her Instagram in the show notes, so make sure that you check her out. Book an appointment if you can. I know that I'm going to try to, um, and I know that Kelly's really looking to get one. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok, and read the teas and sending questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.